0: All right, how's everybody doing today? Are you good? Yeah, welcome to church. It's great to see you this morning. I am pumped for what God is going to do in our lives today as we worship today. And I just want to thank you for being with us. Thank you for taking time out of your weekend. All of you who are watching online, uh, thanks for joining us. Shout out to the dads. Happy Father's Day. And uh, we want to honor you just for the the role that you play in your families and, and in the lives of your children. So uh, I'm, I'm, of course, thinking about my dad today. And uh, those of you who don't know my dad, he is like the ultimate do-it-yourself dad. So he's always working on something. If something's broken, he can fix it. Uh, I, I don't know, you know, I, I am not a do-it-yourselfer, so <laughs> I didn't pick up any of those skills. I'm like the not handy handyman. Uh, in fact, we have these, these landscaping lights Around Our house and uh, you know that there's a miracle that happens every day they, they turn on at night they turn off in the morning I don't know how this happens. It just happens And uh, earlier this summer I was kind of looking at some of the lights in the back and many of them were knocked over half of them weren't working and uh, I've just I've kind of left them there for a long time because I, I really don't know what to do with these and I started just thinking in My head, you know, all right, what would what would your dad do and I'm thinking yeah, he would probably do it himself So uh, Hudson and I went out and we started pulling out the lights and uh, Hudson started to figure out that the lights are connected to a wire and the wires connected to a box on the side of the house. Hudson was already over there figuring out how to turn the lights on and off. I mean, we see who the real handyman in the house is. Uh, I do it myself, dad, says Hudson. And uh, of course, we got all the lights out. We put in brand new lights and then uh, comes the exciting part where you connect the wires to the box. And as I'm connecting the wires, my whole family was there. Uh, it was like a fireworks show. There were sparks everywhere. And uh, Angie's like, "Stop, stop! You know, call Dave Small," is what she said. <laughs> so the next day, I talked to Dave, and uh, he let me know that uh, there are certain tools you need. And uh, he gave, he helped me find the right tools to be able to connect it. Um, but but the cool thing was coming out of this. Um, you know, Hudson's really inspired, and uh, he's, he's really uh, this, uh, this do-it-yourselfer, I want to figure it out, and uh, the other day, uh, he was like, he, I, was, I was making toast, and he's like, he's like Dad, I, I want to do the toaster oven, and I'm like, Hudson, you're four years old, you can't do the toaster oven, and he goes, yes, I can, Dad, I'm an electrician, it's a pretty good job for a kid. <laughs> <laughs> so... Uh, You know, he's kind of got a point there. But uh, we're starting a brand new series called DIY. And for those of you who don't know what that means, it means do it yourself. And uh, we really want to give you the tools to pursue a relationship with God. Um, You know, many of you are like me, and you probably spent some time on YouTube searching through millions and millions of videos trying to learn how to do something. For yourself, whether it's, uh, you know, tying a tie or cutting a watermelon or learning how to change the oil in your mower Um, Whatever it is, you know, thank you YouTube for helping me be a little bit more of a DIY dad. So thank you Um, But but we were just thinking, you know, what if we had a series like that? You know something really practical that could help us with some of the basics of our faith things like how do I read the Bible? How do I pray? How do I recognize God's voice? I think we could all benefit from a series like that. Uh, maybe you're a new believer, or maybe you're just considering the Christian faith, you're exploring, and we're just glad you're here today. Or maybe you've been a Christian for a long time, and you're thinking, this should be a summer where I really go after God in, in, in a very focused, intentional way. And, uh, and we had hope, we just think there's nothing more important than for you to be able to read the Bible and pray and to recognize God's voice for yourself, right? Like we want to take ownership of our faith. Don't leave spiritual growth for the pros. You know, DIY. Do it yourself. So that's the heart of this series. And uh, today we want to talk about how do I read the Bible? And some of you have been reading the Bible for a long time. Some of you have never opened the Bible And We just thought what a great morning to just talk about this really important question. How do I read the Bible for myself? And it's actually pretty amazing. You know statistics have shown that the number one predictor of spiritual growth is Regular Bible reading so in other words those who are reading their Bible Are are getting closer to God? You know the more you know the more you grow and if you're here today and you want to spend more time in God's Word I would just tell you that you're not alone. Um, studies have shown that about 80% of Christians within the church are interested in, in spending more time in the Bible. The same study found that 60% of people outside the walls of the church are interested in the Bible. And so um, I would just say the Bible is just as powerful and it's just as relevant as it's ever been. And so we're looking at this verse from 2 Timothy 3 16 and 17. A really simple verse. Uh, It's a great verse to memorize, too. It just says this. It says, All Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Amen? It's a good verse, right? So as we look at this verse, just want to show you three things. Number one, I want to show you um, the power of Scripture, scripture is powerful. I want to show you how useful the Bible is for your spiritual growth. And then the third thing is I want to talk about how you can get into God's word for yourself very practically so the word can get into you. All right. So that's what we're looking at today. Why don't we pray and we'll dive in. God, thanks for this day. Thanks for an amazing morning. And we want to thank you for the power of your word. And uh, and your word is changing lives. And so I pray that you help us today to gain confidence to gain the tools that we need So we can really read your word for ourselves. And we ask that in jesus name. Amen Okay, cool. Cool. All right. So let's just start with this Uh, the bible's powerful. This is a powerful life-changing book. Uh, It's so powerful. It's actually Um, I don't know if you guys knew this. Did you guys know the bible is the world's best-selling book? You know that uh you can look in the, the Guinness World Records. Um, it, it actually lists the Bible as the number one selling book of all time. Year after year, decade after decade, the Bible is the best-selling book, hands down. Um, and you, you'll even see this on digital platforms, Amazon, Kindle. Um, Amazon reported that the most highlighted book of all time is the Bible. So this is a popular book. Uh, I don't know if you guys are familiar with Nicky Gumbel and the Alpha Course, uh, but he quotes from the London Times. The London Times, they were trying to figure this out. Why are so many people reading the Bible? And this is what they wrote in the London Times. It says, uh, forget modern novelists and TV tie-ins. The Bible is the biggest selling book every year. As usual, the top seller by several miles was the Bible. If cumulative sales of the Bible were frankly reflected in bestseller lists, it would be a rare week when anything else would come close. It is wonderful, weird, or just plain baffling that in this increasingly secular age, when the range of books available grows wider with each passing year, that this one book should go on selling hand over fist month in and month out. All versions of the Bible sell well all the time. Can the Bible society offer an explanation? Well, I'm told disarmingly, it's such a good book. Isn't that interesting? The Bible is an amazing book. In fact, the word Bible just means book. And the Bible is actually 66 books. with Over 40 plus writers, three continents, three different languages. And yet, if you've read it, underneath it all is one ultimate author. 2 Timothy 3.16 says, all scripture is God-breathed. And so this is telling us that the Bible is the inspired word of God. All scripture is God-breathed. It's the breath of God. It's the voice of God. If you look at 2 Peter 1.21, it tells us how it works for God to have spoken through these human authors. And it says that the human, authors, um, the human authors spoke for God. Yeah, the human authors spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. Isn't that interesting? How did the human authors write if it was inspired by God? And 2 Peter 1.21 says that they spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. It's, it's the terminology of wind filling the sail of a sailboat. And and Scripture's telling us that the Spirit of the living God was moving in those human authors to write the very words of God. And so what this means is that God is speaking in this book. This book changes lives. God's Word is true. It's inspired by God. It's God-breathed. And you say, you know, that that sounds really nice, Brian, but, but how do I know that's true? How do I know the Bible is divine rather than human in origin? And I would just give you a little acronym today um, from from Hank Hanegraaff. It's called MAPS. MAPS. So this is just a simple way um, for you to begin to look at some of the reliability of the Bible. Um, Very quickly, manuscript evidence. We have 25,000 manuscripts of the Bible going back 2,000 years. There's more manuscript evidence for the Bible than for any other work of antiquity. And um, they all match what the Bible says today. You have archaeology. Jesus said, the stones will cry out. And the stones are literally crying out with every turn of the archaeologist's spade. They're discovering things that point to the reliability of Scripture. You've got uh, prophecy and statistics, and those kind of go together. Um, You know, there are 300-plus specific predictions in the Old Testament about the coming of Jesus. Isn't that amazing? Very specific things, the town he'll be born in, how he will die, whether his legs will be broken. I mean, these are very specific details. There's over 300 of those in the Old Testament. And uh, mathematicians have, have looked at this and they've said, you know, what's, what are the odds of one person just fulfilling eight predictions? Now, what if you could predict something about somebody's life, just eight things? What's, what, are the, what are the chances of one person fulfilling eight of those? And the mathematicians have said it's, it's one in a hundred quadrillion. So it, that's, a, that's a one with 17 zeros after it, just for eight. Now Jesus fulfilled 300 of those. So, you know, do the math. You know, only, only Jesus can do that. And so all these things are, are pointing to the divine origin of Scripture. And, and we can go and we can research things and all that's there if you want to look into it. Um, but, but here's what I want to tell you today. You want to know the Bible is divine rather than human in origin? All you got to do is read the Bible. Because the Bible stands on its own. The Bible speaks for itself. And it comes from the fact that God is actually speaking in this book. All you got to do is read it. You know, Charles Spurgeon was once asked, how do you defend the Bible? And he said, he said I defend the Bible the same way I would a lion. I open the cage and I let it out. The Bible is a powerful, powerful book. It is a book unlike any other book. And all you got to do is open the book and let the lion out of the cage. The Bible stands on its own. Um, You ask an author like Anne Rice, who's written so many books. She's the author of the Vampire Chronicles. And uh, when she was an atheist, she read the Bible for the first time. And I want you to hear what she said about the Bible. And this is coming from an author and a writer. She said, "Uh, I was astonished by its power." The single most compelling mystery of the New Testament and the Old Testament is its power. The way you're drawn back again and again. I can't find any rational explanation for that. I've read many books in my life, but nothing has the power of Scripture. Wow. This is not an ordinary book. These are not ordinary words. The the Bible is God's. Breathed. God is speaking through this book. He's changing lives through Scripture. And and, and it's more powerful than anything we've ever encountered. God is is speaking. The God who spoke the universe into existence, the God who spoke and raised Jesus from the dead, that God is speaking in Scripture. The Bible is powerful. It's powerful. Number two, the Bible is useful. The Bible is useful, it's relevant for our life. Um, We see this in 2 Timothy 3.16. All scripture is God-breathed and useful. Cover to cover, page 1 to page, I don't know, 2,500, whatever it is, cover to cover, the Bible is God-breathed, the Bible is useful. It says um, it's God-breathed and useful. In other words, it's powerful because of its relevance to our life. And I just want to show you from context how the Bible begins to connect to our life. And the first thing I want to show you is, is number one, reading the Bible makes us wise for salvation. And this is actually the verse before 2 Timothy 3.16. It's 2 Timothy 3.15. And this is what it says. Paul's encouraging Timothy. And he says, from infancy you've known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ. Um, Dad's one of the greatest gifts we can give our children. to help them from infancy to know the scriptures which will make them wise for salvation what a blessing that is parents help our kids grow to understand the scriptures and so uh the bible's saying right here you've known the holy scriptures they can make you wise for salvation through faith in christ and so the number one thing the bible's doing is it's leading you into a saving relationship with jesus christ the old testament points to him the gospels unveil him The epistles explain him. Revelation exalts him. Right? Every every page is whispering the name of Jesus. It's leading us into salvation. In other words, it's it's the G-O-S-P-E-L. You know, another acronym here. Thank you, Greg Steer. What is the message of salvation? The Bible's trying to communicate to us. It's the gospel message, it's the salvation story. And it's as simple as G. God created us to be with Him. He created you for a relationship with Him. That's Genesis one and two. O. Our sins have separated us from God. Sin separates us from God. We see that in Genesis three. S. Sins can't be erased by good deeds. And that's the story of Malachi. Or Genesis four through Malachi. Oh man, we can't save ourselves. I could never be good enough to earn God's salvation. So what did Jesus do? He came. And P, paying the price for sins, he died and he rose again. Those are the Gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke. E, everyone who trusts in Jesus has everlasting life. Book of John. John 3:16. For God so loved you. For God so loved the world. He gave his one only son. Whoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. How do we receive Jesus? Everyone who trusts in him has everlasting life. And life with Jesus starts now, lasts forever. It acts through revelation. This is all the big God story. And maybe you're here today and you've never put your trust in Jesus Christ. If you've never done that before, if nothing's hindering you, today is a great day to say yes to Jesus Christ. And and you can do that today with a simple prayer. And God wants to begin a relationship with you that's personal and permanent. And it's as simple as saying, Father God, I know, I I know I have sinned. And I want to ask you today to forgive me of my sins. I believe Jesus died on the cross and he rose from the dead. So I'm turning from my sins and I'm trusting in Jesus. I, I surrender my life to you. And I want to spend the rest of my life trusting and following you. And if, and if you want to, if in your heart you're saying yes to Jesus today, well, welcome to the family. Right? The angels in heaven are rejoicing. Your sins have been forgiven. You've begun a new life with Jesus Christ. And the number one way to celebrate that is through baptism. Talked about that earlier. What's baptism? It's a public declaration of the gospel message. My old life is gone. And I've risen to a new life with Jesus Christ and we want to celebrate with you. You can sign up online And uh, and that's august 1st But here's the encouragement guys get in your bible. It's like fuel for the fire, isn't it making us wise for salvation Bible's useful Another way that uh, the bible is useful Not only does reading the bible make us wise for salvation number two reading the bible is a life-changing experience I don't know if you've ever opened the Bible and and experienced your life being changed by God, but that's the power of God's Word. 2 Timothy 3.16 says, All Scripture is God-breathed and is useful. What's it useful for? Teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. And so this is how God changes our life through the Scriptures. We can put up the, the chart. It's something we call spiritual growth. And this is how I mean an amazing verse because it's talking about how the Bible changes our life and helps us grow spiritually And it starts with teaching when we open the Bible and read our Bible It teaches us it instructs us. We get truth about God. We get truth about us It's a powerful thing man. I'm learning about God I'm learning about um, so many things and yet then here comes the negative right rebuke Man, I wish that wasn't there. (laughs) You know, but isn't that amazing? When we read scripture, that truth begins to expose some things in our hearts, doesn't it? Maybe it exposes a a lie we have believed. Oh, I'm not, I'm, I'm worthless. God doesn't love me. It's exposing that lie. It's exposing sinful patterns in our life. Maybe it's showing us some areas where we haven't trusted God. You know, I really haven't trusted God to step out in this area. It's so powerful as scripture rebukes us. That's what Hebrews 4.12 talks about when it says the Word of God is living and active, sharper than any what? Yeah, two-edged sword. Let me ask you a question. Does a sword feel good or does it hurt? It hurts a little bit, right? That's because it goes on. It says it's, it's exposing things. It's, it's revealing the, the thoughts and the intentions of the heart. That's the power of the Word of God. It teaches. It rebukes. Then it corrects. What's correction? corrections turning the corner right it's 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 god taking us from where we are to where we want to be and that's that's the correction there um don't be conformed to the pattern of this world but what be transformed by the re- renewing of your mind so it teaches us it corrects uh, rebukes us corrects us and then the last one is training training we think about uh, some of those athletes who are training for the olympics or they're training to compete at the highest level what's training all about isn't it like practice repetition those kinds of things right when we make scripture reading a daily habit we're training we're becoming we're growing spiritually we're we're flexing our spiritual growth mu- muscles just by being in the word every day we saw that in our hebrew study Remember Hebrews 5, it talks about those who are mature, who by constant use of the scripture have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. And so what I want to show you today is just that reading the scripture is going to be a life-changing experience for you. And I want to give you a testimony of that before the day is done. But look at the result, verse 17. What's the result? So that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped every good work. Listen to the same passage in the Phillips Bible. All scripture is inspired by God and is useful, here comes our process, is useful for teaching the faith, correcting error, for resetting the direction of a man's life, and training him in good living. The scriptures are the comprehensive equipment of the man of God and fit him fully branches. Don't you love that? The, the word of God is the comprehensive equipment for the man of God, for the woman of God, for the teenager who's following Jesus Christ, for the ministry God has for every one of you. God wants to change your life through scripture so you can be a part of changing somebody else's life, whether it's your kids, whether it's just um, loving people that God's put in your life. The Bible's powerful. It's God-breathed. It's the Word of God. The Bible is useful. It's life-changing So here's our question DIY How do I read the Bible for myself? And here's where I want to get really practical and and just as basic as I can be and it starts with What Bible should I get? What Bible should I read? There's a lot of Bibles out there, aren't there? So I want to encourage you number one make sure you have a Bible And these are just my personal recommendations. If you have really little children, I'm going to recommend the Jesus Story Bible. Every story whispers his name. That's for your little ones. If you have early readers, young readers, um, I recommend the NIRV, something like the Adventure Bible. Um, We have a lot of Adventure Bibles around here. That's a great Bible for those early readers. We just got our daughter her first, you know, Bible Bible, and it was an NIRV. How about students and adults? And and here I really want to focus on the translations because the Bible was not written in English It was written in Hebrew and Greek and then translated into English So there are a ton of amazing Bibles out there. You know, you've got your dad Bible You've got your student Bible. You've got your God bless America Bible. You've got your study Bible You know like there's a million Bibles, but you the most important thing is to make sure you're getting a translation That's gonna that's gonna help you as you're reading the Bible, and so I just want to highlight three here. Number one, the New Living Translation. That's an easy to read version. It's easy to understand, and um, I was just reading it this morning. So this is not like this is not like this is your newbie Bible. No, no, no. This is just an easy to read Bible. Um, the ESV that's going to be better for study. So ESV is word for word, little literal translation. I love the ESV for that, and then the NIV wants to be a balance of both. Easily readable, good for study. That's why the, um, when we're preaching, we're usually preaching from the NIV because it has that balance. So I would recommend any of those Bibles. But um, how many of you have a Bible on your smartphone? Anybody? Yeah, a lot of you. Make sure you get the Version Bible app. That's a great Bible for your smartphone. And you're going to get a lot of different translations. Um, but the other cool thing is there are a bunch of, of audio versions of the Bible. And and your phone will actually read the Bible to you Which I don't know if you've ever experienced that that's amazing chicken lewain They they encouraged me on that and even this morning. I just um, Opened up my app and I listened to scripture and it was one of the most powerful things I mean you, you you can you can do that in the car, right while you're driving So so make use of the tools that God has given you and one of them is just a Bible app where you get some of those audio Bibles All right, so you've got your Bible you want to spend time with God, where do you start? And, um, and, and this is just what I do. So this is not in the Bible, this is just what Brian does, and I think a lot of other people do this. But I have a simple res- process of read, reflect, respond. I want to read scripture, reflect on it, and then respond. So we start with reading, and, um, and I just want to encourage you, when you come to read the Bible, begin to prepare your heart. Find a quiet spot, quiet your heart, prepare to receive a word from God. God's going to be speaking to you in this book. Um, And pay attention to those words and phrases that jump off the page. When I did student ministry, I'd always tell my students, you know, the first question was, what jumped out to you? Because a lot of times what jumps out to you is what God's trying to say to you. So that's, that's the simple part. Just read, quiet your heart, prepare your heart to receive from God what's jumping out to you. But I know the big question is, the Bible's a huge book. Where do you even start? And, uh, and, and my advice is, is, is inside. <laughs> like, I'm really good at reading the outside of my Bible. Okay, I've got it memorized and all that. Let's get inside the Word of God so the Word of God gets inside of us. It's all inspired. It's all useful. But um, if I had to give you a place, if I had to give you some advice, it would be really simple. I would read a chapter at a time. And then I'd read a book at a time and I wouldn't rush through it because it's not about trying It's about training and that daily habit is the most important thing When I started reading the Bible, it was I would read the Bible during a bowl of cereal That's literally how long I had for my Bible reading, but I did it every day and God began to change my life So it's not a race here. So get in the word chapter at a time book at a time And um, and if you're wandering a specific place, I think a lot of people would recommend the Gospels so you can focus on jesus some people want to read uh, a Psalm a day or maybe a chapter in the proverbs. So psalms focuses on our relationship with God proverbs Focuses on our relationship with each other. So you can't go wrong reading a psalm a day or a proverb a day um, I, I personally love doing a bible reading plan and that helps me to stay focused um, My favorite plan right now is called the discipleship journal Book at a time Bible reading plan. So if you're looking for a good Bible reading plan, I printed a bunch of them They're on the back table. So pick out a Bible reading plan on your way out if you want to look at that But um, you version has Bible reading plans. It has that plan I also want to recommend a really great re- resource if you are um, Brand new to the Bible I have an amazing resource to recommend to you. It's called the way finding Bible and this is the Bible in the New Living Translation So this is very readable But the best part is that this Bible has three plans To guide you through the entire scripture Um, And and they call it uh, three different routes You have the the flyover route It's 50 readings To get you through the Bible Wouldn't that be nice? You just want to dip your toe into an easy to read Bible 50 readings, the most important readings in the Bible And that'll get you through that It's very doable, very easy Um, It says 50 of the most important events in the Bible that tell one big story. Then you have the direct route, which is 200 readings to develop a full understanding without getting bogged down in any one place. Leviticus. (laughs) Um, There's about 200 days left this year. Imagine grabbing the Wayfinding Bible and saying, I'm going to do 200 readings to finish up this year. It'll take you cover to cover through 200 of the most important passages then they have the scenic route 400 readings and of course you can read the whole Bible if you want But I I wish I would have had something like this When I first became a Christian because it helps you progressively step into reading your Bible So I I really want to recommend the wayfinding Bible That's the read Um, We quiet our hearts We have a plan. We're reading God's Word. We're spending time with God and then after reading whether it's that psalm or story about jesus or whatever that is We take time and we reflect on what we're reading Did god highlight something did something jump out to you? I want you to think about second timothy 3 16 and 17. All scripture is useful for what? teaching rebuking correcting and training in righteousness those that those give you your questions right there your reflection questions, so teaching The reflection is, what's God teaching you here? Man, I just read Psalm 1. Okay, what's God teaching you in Psalm 1? Rebuking. In what areas of your life does this challenge you? Oh, blessed is is the person who meditates on God's word day and night. Whoa. Man, maybe I should be in this book. Correcting. What would change look like? And then training. How do you live this out? you see how powerful it is just to pause and to reflect? These are some powerful questions that are going to help you reflect on what you're reading so that your relationship with God begins to grow. This, these questions are going to put you in that spiritual growth cycle as you're reading God's Word. Last one is respond. We read, we reflect, and then we respond. What difference is this going to make in my life? And, and if you could do one thing, it, I would just challenge you when you read the Bible, Have one takeaway. What's your one takeaway for the day? And then pray it. Some of you journal. Journal it. Live it out. And begin to experience the power of God's word changing your life. Guys, you can do this. You can do this. DIY. You can. Read the Bible for yourself. There's no other book like this. No other book has its power. And if I can just give you a testimony here as we as we close out. Back when I was in high school, I wasn't a Christian. I had no idea how to read the Bible. And I showed up at my first class, 7.30 in the morning. It was a videography class. I always thought I was going into broadcasting or something like that. Um, God had a different plan. 7.30 in the morning, and I'm talking to some friends, and... We're just talking about what time we got up that day. You know, 7.30, any students just roll out of bed and go straight to class? You know, that's kind of, that's it right there, right? That's what I did. Well, one of my friends said that she got up every day at 5.30 in the morning to read her Bible, and I thought that was the dumbest thing I had ever heard in my entire life. I'm like, are you kidding? Like, you're getting up at 5.30 in the morning to read your Bible? And she said, yeah, every day that I read my Bible, I have a better day and I was like, "What?" It really challenged me. And I thought, "What if? What if I read my Bible every day? Could I have a better day?" And so I tried it out. And guys, 25 years later, I'm still reading the Bible. I start it, I finish it. I start it all over again. I can't stop reading this book. I am hooked. On this book, okay, like I am smoking what I'm selling today Hope it's okay to say that like this book is an amazing amazing book and you know what I found after 25 years Every day I read the bible I have a better day And it's not because my day is better It's because my god is better And reading my bible Connects me to god In a life-changing way it connects me to his peace It connects me to his wisdom, his strength, his joy, his presence. That's what's on the table for you every single morning. It's an opportunity to have your life changed by Jesus Christ. And if you will get into your Bible, I believe that you're going to experience this life-changing encounter with God and that your day will be a better day. Not because your day is better, but because your God is better and you've spent time in his word. So here's my challenge. DIY. Do it yourself. Don't leave it to the pros. Don't leave it to the, the pastors. Don't leave it to the elders, to your mom, to your dad. Do it yourself. Get into God's word for yourself. All right? Read a book. Read the book and have your life changed by Jesus. Why don't we pray? And I'll invite the team to come up. God, thank you that your word is God-breathed. Thank you that you've chosen to to speak to us. You're not a silent God. You're a speaking God. I pray that you would open our hearts today to go after your word like nothing else. God, I pray that you would give us the courage to open, open the pages of Scripture and to see what you have to say for us. Lord, don't let us leave the word on the table. Don't let us leave the word for somebody else. Let us be men and women of the word. Help God's word to get into our hearts so that your word can live inside of us. And we just ask that today in Jesus' name. Amen.